0: Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, Cox Sports TV, and right here for the Locked on LSU podcast. It is a Friday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, and we are counting down. Uh, The next time we talk, it will be game day, LSU and Clemson. So, uh, getting you a lot of perspective on the game, and I want to start with a great conversation I had with Ryan Clark, former LSU and NFL defensive back. Spend a good 30 minutes with RC breaking down this game. You can hear the full interview at 1045ESPN.com on demand. You can check that out. Uh, Just click after further review and you'll see it. But we broke down each side of the ball, and I want to give you what I think are some of the highlighted excerpts here. We'll start with Ryan talking about LSU on defense and how LSU's corners and secondary match up with that Clemson passing game.
1: What doesn't scare me when LSU is playing is wide receivers that do tall people things. Right. And so tall people do tall things. And so when you watch the wide receivers of Clemson, one, they're all pros. And not, I don't I don't mean like all pro team. Those guys are all, all of them NFL are NFL players. They're NFL players. They're long, they're tall, they can run. But those are the type of defensive backs we recruit. I think obviously it'll still be the same type of deal as we've seen in, in weeks before where they try to attack us inside. C.D. Lamb, you and I text mm-hmm. during the game, and we talked about it before the game. I was like, I don't know if they're going to sit him outside on the corner all game and try to win out there. I think they'll move him inside, try to get the matchup with Kerry Vincent. Or get
0: Stevens, the, yeah. You're very right about that. Or get the matchup yep.
1: with Jacob. Like, I, just, I, I feel like that's where people think they can win. On one side, you have Christian Fulton, who's extremely good, and obviously Derek Stingley, who's an All-American. And so I think we fare well in that matchup. If you can go back to Ohio State-Clemson and see really the dominance Jeffrey Okuda played with, who will be the number one corner drafted in his draft from Ohio State, but he dominated in, that, in those matchups. Obviously, they lose their star wide receiver to injury in the first quarter, and so it was a little different. But then go back to when Sean Wade of Ohio State gets the helmet-to-helmet targeting penalty against Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And then you see right away they started attacking inside. And so I think they look at matchups and they try to find places where they have matchups. And so outside, I believe we match up well. I don't think they're explosive as a passing unit. That's not the way they want to play football. They're a a balanced attack. And so for for me, it won't necessarily be how we match up outside. It'll be how we match up in between the numbers, which I think is always a big key for us. And even bigger is how we stopped Travis Etienne. If you go back to the semifinal game, the bigger plays were made by Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence's legs. That was where there was trouble. That was where they started to come back against Ohio State. There were plays in that game where Travis Etienne looked like the best player on the field. And so if you go back to, I think, where we struggle is as good as Phillips and Queen have been at linebacker, they haven't tackled extremely well. And if you look at the first touchdown scored by Clemson, it was a Travis uh, Travis Etienne outside run where he pushes the ball to the sideline, cuts back, breaks a tackle, gets into the end zone, and, and now the game is started. And then you see, you know, then there's also the long run <clears throat> by Trevor Lawrence. And so I think this game is going to be one inside the numbers. The thing you have to worry about if you're um, Derek Stingley and Christian Fulton is the deep ball. Uh, We saw Alabama get exploited last year in the championship, which is why everybody had Trevor Lawrence as the runaway favorite for the Heisman Mm -hmm. coming into this season because Ross and those guys are turning around, making plays, spinning, catching one-hand balls and doing different things. And so I think those 50-50 balls will be a thing more so with Christian Fulton because he's had some trouble locating the ball in earlier games this season. So I believe they'll try him that way, maybe give Derek some different type of routes on the outside. But I think we match up well with this team. I'm not scared of of who they are offensively, but this team will score in between 24 and 31 points for sure. They may score more. Uh, we're going to have to put points on the board.
0: Uh how big of a deal is it that Mike Divinity's back?
1: I think it's a big deal for rush packaging. If you look at the way that his position or his role on the team progressed after being out or suspended or whatever, it, what it was, it was the starting Mike linebacker at first. and then when he comes back, Caleb von Chassau is injured, so he kind of moves to that rush end linebacker position. And then once Kayla Vaughn's back, it's more in a rush package. How will we use him to get to the passer? And I think that's the way we'll see him this game is, you know, Dave Aranda finding ways to use him in the game that makes him effective. But also you can't expect him to play 40 plays after mm-hmm. not playing for six weeks. How long does that take to get back to where you feel? Um, I think it, it, it takes a while. Even, even, though, even though he's been practicing? Yeah, it, it'll, it, it'll take a while if you have to play a whole game. Okay, It'll be nothing to play in packages. Right. Once once you get in packages, it's like playing the first game of the season in college football because you don't have preseason right. games. So it's okay, I'm jumping right in, I'm starting to do some things, but if you would ask a guy to play eighty plays after training camp, everybody struggles. Mm-hmm. And so he can't be in that position. And two on that stage. Right. That adrenaline. That that stage changes things. You know, I heard the Star Spangled Banner a million times playing football, only cried twice. And that was two Super, Super Bowls. Two bowls. Makes sense. You know, you you you're only <laughs> on the on the second snap in the Super Bowl. You know, you're like <laughs> that adrenaline dump comes. Yeah, when, you know. when do
0: you so when do you settle down? Do you expect these guys to have that?
1: Yeah, yeah, you, you absolutely have it. It's yeah. it's human nature, and if you don't have it, it's a little scary. If if you because you need that, you need to be on edge. Like it needs to be a little more important to you.
0: We'll step aside quickly. When we come back, we'll flip the field, and you can hear Ryan Clark discussing the LSU offense against that Clemson defense. In particular, so much talk about Isaiah Simmons and how versatile he is. Ryan Clark tells you why he is not the defensive key for Clemson. Locked on LSU, your team every day.
2: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network. Your team every day. All right, continuing Locked On LSU, your team every day. As I mentioned, Ryan Clark with us. Let's flip the field and talk about when LSU has the ball going against that Clemson defense. And I started, you'll hear him talk about Isaiah Simmons. Ryan does give his pick here at the end. But we started by talking about if Clemson and other teams have just stopped bringing pressure against Joe Burrow because he's been so good against it and how that might affect what Clemson does defensively and how LSU attacks them.
1: Well, I think think he knows where it's coming from, but – They've also found he's more athletic than you think because he is a guy who can be a pocket passer, who wants to be a pocket passer, but he's also a guy that scrambles to pass. Mm -hmm. And so go back to Georgia, you have a free runner. That's not locating it. That's not sliding the protection. That's not making sure he's blocked. This is another four-star athlete that makes that play on over half of the quarterbacks in the country. But he misses on that guy, on Joe Burrow twice. And it leads to a seventy-yard pass to Justin Jefferson. You know what he is, and so he's sneakily he's athletic because sh- he's a gym rat. They say he's, he's a film he's, room junkie. He's first. He's first into ops and last out. He's a grinder. He's an effort guy.
0: <laughs> Brings his lunch pail to work Brings every day. Brings his lunch
1: pail to work every day. He's gritty. He's tough. He's a coach on the field. A son of a coach. <laughs> son of a coach. I got all. I got them all for you.
0: <laughs> I,
1: you. I got oh. all the cliches that go with that paint job. Oh
0: man, that's so good! All all right, right, so this dude is a stinking athlete. Period. Does this mean LSU might rely more on the short passing game? Clyde in the passing game?
1: No, I think I think LSU is going to do what LSU does. That's what good offenses do. And you remember how many times we sat in here early on in the season before we just figured out they gave zero Fs. Early on in the season, and I would always, you would ask me about the keys, and I would say, it's going to be Steve Insminger being the new guy. Being the guy he is all game when, when it's clutch moments. Remember, we're going to Texas. I said, mm-hmm. if the game's close, are they going to fold up and, and not throw it? Or are they going to stick with who they are? Yeah. And they stuck with who they are. And We said that for like a couple of weeks. until finally, I was like, well, shoot, they're going to do what they do. Every game. And so I think that's, that's the way you have to play this game. Um, I think the difference is, right, when they look across, I I, I would have to venture to had no respect for Oklahoma. And I do believe coming into the playoffs, the scary thing about Clemson was you didn't know how, how good or how bad they were. Because you remember them having to stop a two-point conversion to beat North oh, Carolina. Carolina. You remember Trevor Lawrence throwing two interceptions against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And you say to yourself, after that, they disappeared because nobody was watching those games. They dominated the rest of the season. And so you're like, I don't know how good they are. But what you know is that Hunter Rimfro, who is now a pro and actually pretty good, can't play on this team at Clemson, yeah. at wide receiver. You know that their running back has turned into something that not LSU, not recruiting analysts here understood. Nobody thought he'd get this thick, this yeah. powerful and so you know they had that. You know Isaiah Simmons is going to be a top 10 draft pick, right? You know they have a corner. He's a pterodactyl,
0: man. That guy, if there's one guy that worries me, it's him.
1: Because he's an alien. Yeah,
0: pterodactyl, alien, however you yeah. want to But say
1: you him. know why he doesn't worry me? Why? Because where is he? Who is he going to cover? I don't know who. Tell me. None of them. He oh, can't, okay. He can't cover any of them. So do you have him
0: as a rusher? Do you use well, him close to the line? So,
1: so here's the thing. When you watch Isaiah Simmons, what you see him do early is his role for that game. Okay. So, if, they, so if, if he's down in the box early and he's blitzing and active as a linebacker, rover type, then that's who he's going to be. If he's back in the deep end like we saw him against Ohio State in the slot, that's who he's going to be. It's hard to tell a kid, go beat all six of these things every game, mm-hmm. especially against a team like LSU. So Brett Venables is going to have something for him to do. He's going to have a solidified role that we'll find out very early. Here's what I know. Usually whatever the role is, it's something he does very stinking well.
0: I know. He's so good.
1: What it can't be is go cover number two. Because if he goes out there, we are quickly going to realize as NFL scouts and as I'm doing the draft that he can't play nickel and he can't play safety because he's going to eat his face open. So what can he do? In this game? Yeah. I think he plays more of the rover linebacker situation or position where you have him being the guy who's matched up with Clyde very often. That's how I would use mm. it.
0: I don't want to put words in your mouth, what do you think happens you don't have to give a score I don't know I, mean, I think just I, what do you think how do you think it plays no, out? I
1: think I think Clemson scores more than we're comfortable with um you know, I think they get in the thirties or close to I believe we beat them, but I, it's gonna be a single possession game, and I think Joe Burrow makes plays late in the game to win um if you look at the game against Ohio State, Trevor Lawrence showed up, and I think I am more impressed with Trevor Lawrence playing. "Quote unquote, not great than I would have been if he passed the ball extremely well. Because he got hit. He had to show toughness. He had to put that hair in a ponytail or whatever he had to do. And he had to go out there and ball. He had to run the football. And so I'm more impressed with him. But Joe Burrow is a better college quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields drives Ohio State down the field. Puts them in scoring position. A wide receiver doesn't stay with with the route. And he throws an interception. Our passing game don't work like that. If That's Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall. They stay with that route. Joe Burrow makes the right throw, and I believe that's the difference in the game. We are a better offensive team than they are, and I think defensively the teams are close. I believe they've dominated people. They were better than physically. They're Mm -hmm. not better than us physically, so I believe it's a close game. It's an exciting game, and LSU wins. Remember, if you want
0: to hear our entire 30-minute conversation with Ryan Clark, so much good stuff in there. It's at 1045ESPN.com. Click On Demand. After further review, you'll see it, or however you're listening to this podcast, just search 1045ESPN Baton Rouge, and you'll see the Ryan Clark content right there. Okay, we'll wrap up. Football analyst Mike Dettillier gives his take on LSU-Clemson next. Final segment here on the Locked On LSU podcast. Football analyst Mike Detillier joined us Thursday, as he does all throughout the year, and we broke down every angle of LSU Clemson. I specifically wanted Mike, from a draft analyst standpoint, to talk about the difference in that Clemson defensive line, which was so dominant a year ago, compared to how they are now, and if it's comparable to anything LSU's seen this year, and Mike also gives his pick.
2: I don't know that you will ever see a team with that type of talent like you saw a year ago along that front defensive line. And uh, talking about this to Pete Jenkins Monday, because he almost knocked me off my seat um, last year, right before the national championship game. He's worked with Alabama. You know, <laughs> he goes there in the spring and in the summer and work with the Alabama defensive linemen, and he made the prediction back then that. Clemson would win by two touchdowns or more because of the dominance of Clemson's defensive line. They've got a lot of young guys coming back here. Yeah, I mean, you can't call them pups no more. They've been playing all year. But that isn't, from a pastoral standpoint, the way they collapsed it last year. It isn't the same unit. You, know, you wouldn't expect it to. Come on, you've got three guys go that early? I mean, that, that's a rarity to have that type of talent along the defensive line. I don't I don't know that we'll see that for quite some time. So they aren't as good. Man, Isaiah is a heck of a player at linebacker. I mean, he can run the field. He's a bit of a hybrid player that's like a big, strong safety, can match up in the coverage part of the game, can run the field extremely well, but also, man, he's a guy that can blitz off the edge. I think that Clemson is going to try to blitz Joe Burrow. I, I think it's something in venerables with him, knowing that if he's just going to get four up front, he's not going to get to burrow So he's going to have to send extra people. The problem with that is if you were doing that with a young player, uh, that might work. Uh, if you're doing that against Joe that's exactly what he wants you to do because then he'll find that open man downfield. And um, they they try to match up a lot of one-on-ones, uh, you know, and they do a lot of coverage over, over the top. I think one of the things to watch is, can they match up with the running backs and the tight ends? Because I think that's an area where I think LSU will try to attack them. Throw the ball out in the flat to Clyde and let him one-on-one with a linebacker. Or the tight end over the middle, uh, which they've used Thaddeus quite a bit in that area. And sort of open things up a little bit. But, you know, there's been no team, with the exception of Auburn, and, and that unit's really good. Where you got a lot of guys that'll be have their names called uh, in the NFL draft uh, off of that front for Auburn. No one's been able to get a lot of heat on Joe, and so I think Venable's deal is we just can't play coverage. That that's not going to work. We gotta upset his launch pad, and that would mean to blitz him, and I think trying to blitz him inside, um, and and just try to get in his face and and force him to make a throw a little bit off balance. Uh, good luck with it. <laughs> Everybody's tried, you know, one little bit in a piece of that. But I think in today's game, uh, you know, when you look at it, how you cut it up, if you blitz an experienced quarterback, that's right up his alley. That's what he wants to do. And can the Clemson cornerbacks match up against LSU's receivers? You can't cover forever. So the, the matchup is really that. It's LSU's offensive line going up against Clemson's defensive line, and I suspect extra pressure. I think they're going to try to come with a linebacker or a safety to try to disrupt Joe's timing of throwing the football downfield. But you can't – it's unfair to a certain extent. I've been asked about it a million ways. To compare their defensive line of a year ago to today – my goodness, them guys is getting a pretty good paycheck in the NFL. <laughs> you know, man. You know, and, and these guys, they do have experience, but they don't have the caliber of defensive linemen that they did a year ago up front. That that was a special unit, and, and they just physically took over that game against Alabama. Yeah. Uh You know, they they took over after a while. That they weren't going to let Tua uh, do what he normally does and not sit in that pocket and throw darts.
0: Mike, is compare that Clemson defensive front seven to a team LSU's face this year.
2: Uh, I think they're better than Alabama's defensive front seven. Okay. Um, I would compare it. I think they're bigger, but similar to Florida. Okay. I, I think that would probably be, uh, because Auburn's, to me, the best they've played all year long. And I think when after Monday, they'll be the best they've played all year long. Uh, front seven-wise. I would think more Florida. Uh, speed, the ability to get after the passer. Um, and, you know, one of the things Grantham does and with Todd, he's famous for it. Yeah, he likes to send four guys every once in a while, but that fifth guy comes from out of nowhere. Either he's off the edge or up the middle. or You never know where you're going to get it. And Todd's deal is, man, don't worry about the run. Play that along the way. Just get to the quarterback. Um you know they didn't have a lot of success against Joe either, uh, but I think that's probably the best comparison. Though I think Clemson's a lot better on the offensive side of football than Florida is.
0: So we'll get to the off the, the Clemson offense against the LSU defense in the next segment. But one more, let's talk about the Clemson secondary for a bit here and what the talent looks like back there, how they might match up on LSU's receivers.
2: They've always lost people early, similar to LSU, Alabama. I mean, they lose Ohio State. Uh, you could throw they're in the mix every year. They always lose juniors early, and, and some of the guys that they lose are not first and second round picks. Some of these guys go in the fifth, sixth round of the draft. Um, and so it's a cultivation, and I've heard Dabo say it. It's a work in progress because you got to know what you're doing back there in the secondary. It's different playing North Carolina State and North Carolina and playing LSU. And While they're very talented and they recruit similar type players to LSU, they love that long, lean corner and what they call range safeties. That's what Dabo uh, always talks about the range safeties, guys that can play a range uh, extremely well. Uh, You know, every year it's a revolving door with them because they do lose so many people early to the NFL. They get some of the best cover people along that eastern seaboard. You know about North Carolina, South Carolina, and the Florida area, they do a great job of recruiting that. And so it's it's a good spot. I don't think that um, they're going to be able to match up with LSU's wide receivers, uh, one-on-one. Unless they get help uh, from pressure, they're going to have a lot of difficulties matching up against LSU's uh, ability to get open downfield. And again, you just can cover for a little while. And Joe's ability to read and recognize coverages is so good. But the other thing, too, is LSU got you in a rocking chair a lot. And, you know, Coach O brought this up to me in the summer when we were doing the Tiger tours, and he was like, I'm just telling you, he said, we're going to be really balanced. He said, I want 50-50. I said, come on, Eddie. <laughs> he said, hey, That's no way. And he was like, oh, listen, I'm just telling you. And he said, "You know what? I think we may even throw the football a little bit more this year than we run it." Okay, that, that hadn't happened. <laughs> so my thing is, okay, prove it. He said, oh. he said, so you doubt me?" I said, "Listen, I ain't doubting you. I ain't doubting Thomas, and you ain't got to show me the wound. But I, I, I will say, <laughs> I gotta see it, you know." And so uh, I did the numbers. Uh, we, we did an interview, and he was like, "Do the numbers." LSU has run nine hundred ninety-nine offensive plays this year. They've thrown it 518, and they've run it 481. Mm -hmm. So the balance is 52-48.
0: Pass. Yeah. And
2: it was passed 52. And so he was right uh, about it. And I think that that's a big part of that success. And one of the things he's preached over the last couple weeks is, we're not getting away from what we've done. Come on, that has worked so well. Why would we get away from that? And he's always wanted that power running game but I think one of the things they've added this year is the ability to throw the football to the backs coming out the backfield, almost like an extended handoff. And that's what they've done with Clyde. He's been terrific doing that. And now also including the tight ends. But when you think about it, almost a thousand plays and yet 518 to 481, that's about as close to 50, 50 as you're going to get. I mean, you know, Because, you know, most teams, when you look at their numbers, it's going to be, you know, in today's world, it's going to be much more, unless you're Kentucky, it's going to be much more throwing it than it is running it. And yet, he got exactly what he wanted. He got the balance in that 52-48 edge, and and they've held that. And, Matt, I think when we're going to look back at this season, that is going to be such a huge key when you got people like Jefferson and Chase And Terrace and Moss, you know, and Sullivan and Dylan, you can, and Racy, you can go on and on. Why wouldn't you use all that talent? Every one of those guys are going to be playing in the NFL one day.
0: We also asked Mike, and he was willing to give us his championship prediction. Here it is.
2: Uh, I'm going to go 44-31 LSU. I think their offense, I don't think Clemson's defense is going to stop them. I just don't. Uh, and I think LSU is going to put – and it's gonna, they're going to have to try to match it. I think LSU ends, ends up winning this game 44-31. It'll be high score And, and, and Clemson's going to make some plays, but they're not going to be able to keep up with the Tigers. Listen, I don't give a damn if they win by one. Well, I do because I got money. On <laughs> let, me not, let, let me amend that. Let me amend that. But uh, uh, my thing is win the ball game and win it by, by more than five, five and a half.
0: So both Ryan Clark and Mike Dettillier like LSU. Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, each gave their picks at ESPN.com, both taking LSU. Kuyper 38-31, McShay 38-34. So both uh, like a lot of points, but both liking the LSU Tigers. Y'all have an awesome weekend. Uh, It is Friday. LSU will arrive at the Marriott in New Orleans on Canal at 6 o'clock Friday evening. Uh, They will have media day Saturday morning, practice Saturday afternoon, walk through Sunday, and then kick off Monday from the Superdome for the national championship. We will have a Locked On LSU podcast Monday, and we'll see you then. A final look at LSU and Clemson.